Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Go with me tonight just for what I believe will be a brief period to 1 Timothy 3, 1 Timothy chapter 3, and we want to look at verse 15. Pastor Michelle ministered last week on plugging into the power, and I really just felt led of the Lord to kind of come along and, and dovetail with that, so this is plugging into the power number two. And uh, the Lord has had this on my heart a lot lately. 22 years ago this week, we began pastoring this church. We began pastoring the church the Sunday before Christmas, 1998. And uh, so I say that to say that so we're not, we're not rookies at this anymore. We haven't done it as long as some, but longer than others. And at 22 years of full-time pastoring, I am more stirred now about the local church than I was then. And here's why. I know more about the local church than I knew then. I was talking with a friend of mine some years ago and uh, he's actually uh, a relational rep with uh, Faith Christian Fellowship. And I was talking to him, and, and I was just walking down the, the street. Uh, actually, I was here at the office, and he called, and I felt like getting outside, so I was walking. And he asked me the question. He said, uh, this, these were his words. He said, Philip, what, what excites you? What turns you on? And I said, that's easy, the local church. The local church. I was right in the middle of writing the book, The Local Church, The Hope of the World. And uh, when you come to understand the power in the local church and what happens when you plug into it, amen. I ministered a series some years ago called Activate. And I talked about four different things in there, activating your purpose, activating your destiny, activating your harvest, and activating your ministry. And all of those have to do with plugging into the local church. Amen. And uh, there are other voices this year. They're saying, you know, this year's the year of the local church coming up. And I believe that. I laughed and told my wife, I said, well, every year's the year of the local church for me. And I mean, I'm not making light of what they're saying. I'm, I'm just, it, it doesn't surprise me that God is saying that about his church. Uh, because if, if you look at everything that's went on in this year, the target has not been financial institutions. It's not been the finances of people. It's been the church. The devil has used what's going on this year to target the church, to target the people in the church, to make the church like every other entity. But it's not. 
Amen. And God is saying moving into this year that the enemy is going to pay for what he's done to his church. Understand something. I'm going to say something that may be very strong to you. But if you will look at this situation that's went on in the world, and you'll look where the hardest hit areas are, they are the areas that have made it the hardest on the church. And the Lord said to me, He said, they think they're just picking on an institution, but they're picking on me. And He said, make no mistake, they will pay. Now, you know, God doesn't have a get-back spirit. But he says, I am God. I will recompense. Hallelujah. Because the local church is the hope of the world. 1 Timothy 3 and 15, the apostle Paul wrote these words to Timothy, pastor of the church at Ephesus. He said, but if I tarry long, it's so that you may know how to conduct yourself in the house of God which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of the truth. That's my absolutely favorite verse in the whole Bible concerning the local church. The church of the living God is the pillar and the ground of the truth. The pillar is the, the, pillar is the supporting column, what upholds the truth, and the, the, the ground is the anchor. So in the local church, the truth is upheld and you're anchored to the truth in the local church. Amen. Do you see this? And people today are saying, well, truth is being abandoned. I'll tell you, if it seems like truth is being abandoned, it's because people are abandoning the local church. Well, you cannot abandon the pillar and the ground of the truth and stay hooked up to the truth. Amen. Do you see this? Hallelujah. On March 18th of 2020, our pastor was ministering in Little Rock, and he made this statement. And, and if you'll remember March 18th, that was uh, when most of uh, the, uh, how do I don't want to say it, most of the electives from many of the governors went out and, and, and some governors were asking churches to do certain things and others were demanding. The governor in Arkansas had asked the churches to limit gatherings and, and to use their online presence. Thank God we were able to do that. I don't know if, if, if you understand how thankful we should be for that. Uh, because God's, that, that, that's not the primary vehicle, obviously. Uh, but I was talking to a man the other day, and he said, well, uh, I would imagine that, that y'all have, and his words were suffered some. I said, no, 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 we haven't suffered at all. Uh, we were prepared. But here's the point. He made this statement. He said this was the very first night. I was in, in Kentucky. My, my dad was uh, sick, and I was there with him. And uh, he made this statement. And he looked in the camera and he said, Pastors, let me tell you something. He said, if you're not careful, you'll dumb your church down. And when all this is over, they won't come back to church. 
because you'll dumb them down and get them to believing that it's okay, you know, just stay home, just watch it on live stream and, and do online. And I understand there's times that has to be done. I understand that. But here's what I'm trying to say. If that becomes the medium, the presence that we're sensing right now, you don't get that virtually. You don't get it virtually. Amen. The, the, Lord's, the Lord said, actually, the Lord said this to Sister Tanya over here. Uh, and she sent me the email. I was looking at it some time ago. Uh, uh, how that the Lord began to speak to her and show her a vision. And, and he said, these, maybe not these exact words, but he said, he said that what the enemy has meant for social distance in the church is to separate the church, to make the church not want to gather together. The Bible says that where the unity is, the anointing is, and the Bible says where the unity is is when the church is assembled together. You've got to understand it's, there's a difference between having a presence and putting the ministry out there and the ministry surviving. The local church is not so the pastor can survive. It's so the people can get fed and their lives can change by the power of God. When you come to church, you're able to plug into the power. Amen. Do you see that? Paul said in the book of Romans, he said, I long to see your face so that I can impart some spiritual gift to you. Amen. Now, I understand the circumstances in the world. I understand that. But here's what I also understand. If you let your thinking gravitate to the world's way of thinking, you'll miss it. You'll miss it. Hallelujah. And I promised the Lord when I heard that word that I would not be a pastor that dumbed my church down. Amen. Hear me. Hear what I'm saying. At some point, at some point, I have to make the decision. I'm going back to church. That was a little bit weak. Amen. Because you're here, you're back. Hallelujah. I was talking to somebody not too long ago, and they were making a statement about different things. Understand something the world doesn't understand what we understand. Amen. They go to Walmart and don't think twice about it, because after all, you need milk and eggs and cheese. You got to have that stuff to survive. Here's what you know you got to have this stuff to survive. Amen. Now, I'm I'm not staying there. I'm just saying you got to understand the importance, the honor that Paul places on the local church here. It is the pillar and the ground of the truth. Amen. Hallelujah. Going to the local church stirs us up. Stirs us up. A person that goes to the local church will be stirred up to do more than they are. To do more than they are. 
Hallelujah. Do, do you see this? When you come to the local church, purpose is realized. When you come to the local church, destiny is understood. When you come to the local church, you realize that you were put on this earth for more than just sucking oxygen and going to a job. That there's something that God wants me to do with my life. When you come to the local church, you're stirred to do whatever is asked of you. You're stirred to serve. You're stirred to help. You're, you're stirred to even out the ratio between being served and serving. When you come to the local church, you'll vacuum the floor, wash the windows, sweep the floor, clean the bathroom, sing on the praise team, usher, greet, run the camera, operate in the AV department, help out in the children's ministry, the youth ministry. Why? Because I found the power. And when I plug into it, something changes. Hallelujah! So you'll be stirred to do more than you are. Hallelujah. You'll be stirred to think of others above yourself. Hallelujah. Do you see that? I, I, I was uh, talking to somebody some time ago, and they, they were talking about my schedule. Dan and I were talking about it tonight, but it, it wasn't Dan that said this. This person said, I just think about your schedule and it wears me out. And I just said, I'm built for it. This, this is what we do. It's the local church. Understand something, that the ministry has never been a job for me. This is what God asked me to do. So think about that. When you come to the local church, God will ask you to do something. God will ask you to get involved. And you get the honor of helping God. Ever what it is. When you're working in the nursery, you're helping God take care of those babies. You are the hands of God to those children. When you change a diaper, it's like God is changing that diaper. And people say, oh, pastor, no, 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 no. Every time we open up the children's ministry, every time we open up the nursery or the student ministry, we are serving Jesus because he said when you serve one of those little ones, it's like you serving him. And you plug into the power. It's not a ladder. There's no ladder in ministry. I'm starting here and I'm going to end up here. You may start here and never get past there. But there's a power that flows in your life because you are thinking of others above yourself. And there are people in here that do things that nobody ever sees. But the power of God that's flowing in your life because of your hookup with the local church is immeasurable. Glory to God. Woo! Going to the local church stirs you up to fulfill the plan and purpose of God for your life. Hallelujah. Do you see this? 
I was stirred to answer the call of God on my life in the local church. Hallelujah. I was stirred to do what God's asking me to do in the local church. Hallelujah. Some of you tonight, you're being stirred to do what God wants you to do. Guess what? Guess where? In the local church. Hallelujah. And by the way, where the Lord was touching you, you'll not be weak in that area no more. I don't know what morning it was, but you got up and it's like, oh, no, you're not going to be weak there no more. And you do whatever you need to do with this. I don't know what it's all about. He said no more shots. I believe God. Stirred to fulfill the plan. Now let's look at this. The plan. The plan. You know, very often we use that phrase. What's the plan? What do we mean? What are we doing? Everybody is born on this planet with a plan. In other words, God knows what they're supposed to be doing. And purpose. If I don't have a plan, I can't discover purpose. If a person was at perhaps born without a purpose, there would be no need for a plan. But because every person is born with a purpose, every person has a plan. Where do I discover that? In the local church. Something said over the pulpit. Something said from somebody that's the head of a department. Whatever it may be. I have men in here today that are serving God in the capacity they're serving God because somebody said, come be an usher. Somebody said, get involved in the AV department. Somebody said, we need help in the children's ministry. Somebody, somebody said something. Hallelujah. If you look at different things, there are things that would have never come into your life had you not plugged into the power of the local church. I'm not just talking about spiritual things. Business ideas that can come. Kevin got the idea for Casey's Gifts and Surprises looking at our confession gifts and surprises and the Holy Spirit said that's you where did he see that in the local church amen hallelujah hallelujah think about it where'd you meet your bride to be in the local church is that right I look at different people Ron and Deborah where'd they meet in the local church I mean, she looked over his watermelon jacket and everything else. It looked good on you. I mean, I'm not saying it didn't look good. Hallelujah. In the local church. Where have the greatest miracles in your life occurred? In the local church. Bodily healing, family miracles. Hallelujah. Amen. I remember when Dwayne and Heather were believing for a child. Amen. And, and it looked like a challenge. But they came to the local church and requested prayer. And people stood with them. Well, here we go. She just turned 12. 
how, how did that, the local church. Hallelujah. There are people under the sound of my voice delivered in the local church. Hallelujah. Every time I look over at Christy, I think of her mom. And many of you don't remember Debbie when Debbie came to church and needed to be delivered. We see Debbie now. Amen. That wasn't Debbie then. But I remember the night she was sitting about the third row back and God touched her. And she went home. And the next morning she was taking a shower. And she said, I, I, I thought it was literal. I don't know if it was or not. She said, all of this black ooze started running out of my body and ran down to the tub and went down the drain and I was instantly free. watching tonight from Clarksville amen coming to church by his own admonition and his or his own admission an angry hateful person he said I didn't like anybody I didn't like myself I hated everybody hated white folk black folk Mexican hated everybody amen came into the local church and one encounter one encounter with the power of God and God said this. He said, I am giving you the anointing of a teddy bear. And where you've been hateful and didn't like people, you're going to love everybody. He is possibly the most tender-hearted man I know today. Why? Well, what happened? The local church. Am I helping you? Hallelujah. And so when you pastor a local church, you're pastoring a life-changing entity. When you pastor in faith kids and you pastor in baby builders, not baby builders, kingdom kids, baby builders in Little Rock, you pastor those areas, you're pastoring a life-changing entity. Hallelujah. Jesus said, I will build my church upon this rock and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We are undefeatable. Amen. So you're stirred to fulfill the plan and the purpose of God for your life. Hallelujah. When you come to the local church, a release of God's power is released. When we as individuals, as a church, submit ourselves in the fear of God. Lord, I'm coming to church and I'm submitting myself to the local church. I'm submitting myself to this entity that you have called the pillar and the ground of the truth. I'm submitting myself to it. And when that happens, there's a release of God's power. 
that begins to flow. Amen. The Bible is very clear. There's a God-ordained order, a God-ordained plan for every facet of our life. Every one of them. Why? Nobody is simply a standalone believer. Nobody. Amen. God has no lone wolves or lone rangers. Even he had Tonto. Amen. There's protection that occurs in the local church. Hallelujah. 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 What possibilities will be released in us if we learn God's alignment for our lives and submit to it? I say that to say, so church then should not be considered optional. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What possibilities are released in us if we learn God's alignment for our lives and submit to it? What are the points of divinely ordered authority that we need to accept? The authority of the local church. The centurion in Matthew chapter 8 told Jesus, he said, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. He said, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed for because I'm a man under authority. I say to this one, go and he goes. I tell this one to come and he comes. I say to this one, do this and he does it. And Jesus turned him about in the crowd and said, truly, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Is that right? Just like the centurion's servant was healed by a release of faith, who or what in my life will find healing, wholeness, or recovery if true submissions learn? Hallelujah. Look at Ephesians 4. The local church plugging into the power. Verse 15, he says, but speaking the truth in love, we may grow up into him in all things, which is the head even Christ. So there is a protection that occurs through number one, committed involvement with a church family. Committed involvement with a church family. There's a protection that flows there. Protection for my marriage, protection for my family protection for what God wants me to do with my life. Hallelujah. There's protection that occurs through submitted service as a member of the body of Christ. 
submitted service as a member of the body of Christ. When you come and you submit your talents and you submit your abilities and you submit the things that you can do and you submit them to a man or a woman of God and you submit them to the local church, there's a protection that's released. God will protect your job to the degree that you honor His church. That's why we can look around this room tonight and see that no one's lost their job. But yet there's been raises and bonuses. Extra. Right or wrong? Why? There is a protection that's released. Amen. There's a protection that occurs through acceptance of personal accountability to others in Christ. Acceptance of personal accountability to others in Christ. The Bible says we submit ourselves one to another in the fear of God. Amen. What, what does that mean? I come to church, I live my life with this understanding. People in this room are depending on me. And I have to submit myself. Very often people talk about submission to God, but understand something. There's living for God and living with the understanding that other people are depending on you. Hallelujah. That's a personal accountability to others in Christ. Dan, I'm submitting myself to you. I'm going to live right. I'm going to live holy. I'm going to live clean because I am willfully, personally account, making myself accountable to you. And what happens? There's a power that's released because you're plugging into that flow. Oh, glory. Do you see this? So the Bible's very clear about that. The flow of God's kind and quality of ministry requires the preparation of His kind and quality of submissiveness. The preparation, the flow of God's kind and quality of ministry requires the preparation of His kind and quality of submissiveness. This is not a message about submitting to your pastor. It's a message about submitting to the power of God and the local church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you see this? Glory be to God. And the scripture tells us that When I'm not under the teaching of a pastor in the local church, number one, I'll remain a child. There's the power to mature in the local church. Some years ago, there was a big, well, I say a big thing, it was big with some people, called the house church movement. And every person that I talked to that 
ever wanted to be involved in that. Here was their reason. Well, you know, nobody's in charge. We, we're all in charge. Well, what they're saying without saying is, I don't want to submit to anybody. Hallelujah. I knew a family one time that uh, they were believing for a child to be saved. And uh, God had done a wonderful miracle in this family. I mean, a tremendous miracle. Uh, the, uh, the husband, the dad, uh, had a bad situation going on. And the Lord, the Lord touched him. And uh, I met this child that they were believing for. And uh, I mean, it's typical rebellion is what it was. They, they were an adult child, but nonetheless, it was rebellion. And uh, didn't care for organized religion. Well, the church is not organized religion. The church is the pillar and the ground of the truth. The church is God's ordained entity in the earth to produce change. And so, I talked to these people, and they ended up leaving the church, and they left the church to go to another guy that was holding services in a barnyard. And guess what? Nobody was in charge. We're all just out under God's creation. Well, nothing changed in that child's life because nobody was insisting on change. When you come to the local church, we will insist that you change. Why? It's the change agent. Not necessarily me from the pulpit. It might be. Not specifically. But it can be a brother in the hallway. Say, hey, 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 hey. We need to talk about that. It, 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 it could be a sister meeting you come, not, not any of you men, but a sister meeting another sister coming out of the ladies' room or, or in the back sanctuary or wherever it may be. Hey, we need to talk about this. I'm your sister in the Lord, and I'm insisting that you change. It may not be those words, but there's that accountability because in the local church, I can't remain a child. I've got to grow. Amen. Paul says that if I'm not under the teaching in the local church, I can be carried away with false doctrine. I've said some things recently that some people kind of disagree with me on, but I don't care. I'm, a, I'm your pastor and I'm a good pastor and I'll keep saying it. Folks, right now, there's a lot of things being said. People are saying a lot of things, and they're saying God's saying them. And I'm not saying that, that God's not. But I want to remind you something as being members of the local church. Nowhere in the New Testament are we told to be led by prophets. I'm not saying anybody's wrong or anybody's missing it, but here's what I'm saying. I received an email on June 1st, and I received it from my pastor, and I keep it with me. And it was something the Lord told him for me. And it was simply this. He said, he said, don't 
be moved by speculation and attempts to predict future events. Many will do so only to be wrong. I'm not saying anybody that's saying things is, is wrong. What I'm saying is whenever you start getting over in to predictiveness and you say, God said. Now you said God said. Right? The local church is to stay focused on building people's lives irregardless of what's going on in the world. We don't need everything to go the way we want it to go to do what we're doing. Amen. We're the ones that the devil fears. Not a man or a woman, the church. Amen. The Bible says that in the the book of Acts, that Herod, remember he stretched out his hand and vexed certain of the church and he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword and put Peter in prison and what was going to bring him out on their Easter celebration and kill him because he saw it pleased the Jews. But prayer was made incessantly for Peter, right? And the Lord delivered him, didn't he? And he went to their house and was knocking on the door. And Rhoda came to the door and went back and said, Peter, that's who they were praying for. And she said, your prayers have been answered. And they said, no, we got to keep praying. He's there. Right? Well, finally they believed her. But it says... There was a day when Herod, the one that had reached out his hand to vex the church, was giving a speech. And all the people said, it's the voice of God and not a man. And it says, the angel of the Lord stood beside him and smote him. And he died with worms eating his insides out. Because he didn't give God the glory. What am I saying? Don't you touch the church. Because when you touch the church, you're touching the apple of God's eye. And God is very good at taking care of His business. Amen. So I believe completely in the gift of prophecy the office of the prophet I weave in and out of two main offices the office of the pastor and the office of the prophet I weave in and out of those I believe ultimately completely in that gift it is for the body of Christ but here's what I'm trying to tell you don't you put your trust in what I say or what anybody else says you put your trust in what God said and when you keep your trust put in what God said and you know that what you have heard is from God, then you put your trust in what you heard in your own spirit, not just on what somebody else said. Amen. Hallelujah. 
people will say, well, what do you think is going to happen? Here's all I know. And this is all I will say, because this is all the Lord said to me. He said, I have a surprise. You say, what is it? I don't know. But he told me the other day, he said, if you keep listening to the Spirit, by the time it's unwrapped, you'll know what it is. We got to keep leaning in. God has kept you through the absolute worst year most of us in this room have ever experienced. And God has kept you. Now look back on 2020 and tell me there's anything that God can't keep you through. Hallelujah. And then he said, when you submit to the local church, you won't be deceived. Hallelujah. You won't be deceived. Led astray. Now I know that that sounds elementary. But when you plug into the power of the local church, there's this victory over deception that you walk into. Why? Because you're hearing the truth on a consistent basis. Hallelujah. Isn't it interesting that even in the book of uh, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, Paul had to write to the church in Thessalonica and say, I don't want you to be moved or shaken as if a letter from us or somebody in our company has been sent to you saying, the day of the Lord is at hand. Folks, we hear a lot of speculation today. I mean, from, from, we're, we're, there's no rapture to some people who are already in the tribulation. The seals are being opened. The vials are being poured out. It's impossible. All of those things happen after Revelation chapter 4. And after Revelation chapter 4, the church isn't even here. We're gone. I've spent a lot of time studying recently on these things, the rapture of the church and the and end time events, and I'm more convinced now than ever before of the rapture of the church. Think about this. Now, I'm going to say this, and I want you to, to stay with me. The Bible says in the book of Thessalonians, it says that the church is the restraining force that's holding back the Antichrist. Think about this. Why does the devil hate the church? One reason, as long as we're here, his man can't show up. Can't. Not won't. Can't. Cannot. And I hear preachers saying, well, I think that's that might be the Antichrist. And, and every pope since I've been around has been the Antichrist. Every one of them. I remember when Henry Kissinger was the Antichrist. Remember some years ago there was a Joseph Lieberman was running for vice president and he was the Antichrist. Bill Clinton was the Antichrist. Oh, I don't know about that. 
I mean, think about this. And the church, the church, the church, the church, the church is the restrainer. He cannot be revealed till we're gone. Why? We're too powerful. We have too much power. Now, I'm saying all that for a reason. So you think some upheaval in the political arena is going to do something to the church? Do you hear me? You think man's idea is going to do something to the church? That's the fear of the world that's being borrowed by the church. Upon this rock of revealed truth, the revelation of who I am, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Because we have too much power. Why? We are the body of Christ. He's the head. We are the body. He is ultimately and completely and eternally victorious. That if the head is ultimately, completely, eternally victorious, then the body is ultimately and completely and eternally victorious. And that, my brother, sister, is what you're plugged into. That means you can't lose. 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 Amen. Don't get sidetracked. Stay focused on who you are. Stay focused on what you're plugged into. Hallelujah. Do you see that? We are the church of the living God. The pillar and the ground of the truth. Hallelujah. 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 If we walk in the light as He is in the light. Amen. Hallelujah. We cannot lose. We cannot lose. We cannot lose. And I'll say this as I'm closing. And any pastor worth their salt will be explaining to their church, we can't lose. We win. Why? Because we're enforcing His victory. You do realize the victory's already been won. We're just enforcing what already is. We're not winning. We've won. We're not trying to get the victory. We have it. Glory to God. So, for this church, for this body, it's full steam ahead. It's let's get our land, let's get our buildings, 
Let's build faith. Let's frame worlds by the Word of God. We're putting our faith out there for more television. We're putting our faith out there for more avenues to get the Word out. Amen. Why? We got a lot to do. I said we got a lot to do. In the name of Jesus. I want to share something with you just before we go. I got to find it. Got a lot to look through. Hallelujah. This was so precious to me. I talked to you about not being moved too much by speculation and attempts to predict future events. In these last days, many will do so only to be proven wrong. Stay close to my word. That's what we talked on this morning, drawing near. Follow the scriptures and the Holy Spirit. And then he said this, preach the gospel, the good news of Jesus coming. While the time is short, there's much more to come before the end of this age. The time is short, there's much more to come. Walk in love, avoid strife and contention, finish your course with joy. Folks, we're about to wrap this thing up. If I've ever believed that, I believe that now. Let's finish with joy. Preach the gospel. There's much more to do before Jesus comes. And that's why you can't get focused on Washington. You can't get focused on the pandemic. You can't get focused on whether or not you got to wear a mask or whether you can go out to eat or what people are doing at Walmart. we got to stay focused on what we've got to do. That's it. Now I said, that's it. And we're going to see the victory. Amen. That's the power you've plugged into. Glory to God. The Word of God says this. It says, is not my word like a hammer that breaks in pieces the rock of the most stubborn resistance? Amen. The word. When you when if 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 you're breaking a rock, if you've ever had to break rocks down, you might hit a big boulder with a sledgehammer and it appears you didn't make any headway. But the Lord said to me one time, He said, But the, the integrity of that rock has been compromised because of the blow dealt to it. The word of God will break it. And I'm telling you. The Word of God will break these situations that are going on in the world. We just got to have pastors and leaders that will stand up and preach the Word. I said we got to have pastors and leaders that will stand up and preach the Word. And preach the Word. And preach the Word. And preach the Word. And every time they preach the Word, the rock's being broke. Every time they preach the Word, deception's being broke. Every time they preach the Word, victory is coming into people's lives. Hallelujah. Stand up, everybody. Praise the Lord. I believe God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mm, Hallelujah. What a night.
And uh, as we're closing, I don't want anyone to misunderstand me. I'm not telling you not to listen to men that are trusted, men that have a track record. It's not what I'm doing. But I'm telling you something. That when you keep your focus on the Word, when uh, Y2K occurred, you know, that you, you remember all the predictions. There was, there was a group of, uh, of people that were giving supposed direction from God. Uh, they were a group in Topeka. And uh, they started selling survival stuff. I mean, they made, multiplied hundreds of thousands of dollars. And said, God said, and nothing happened. You know, that ministry went belly up. And I'm not, I'm not saying, putting them in the same category, these these other men that are saying things in that category. What I'm, what I'm trying to explain to you is just simply this. I never paid attention to that because the Lord spoke in my spirit and said, it's not going to be an issue. I didn't tell people because it's not my job to direct your life. Yeah, but you flow in that prophetic. Yeah, but the prophetic is not to direct your life or tell you what to do. It's to preach and teach the word and point people to Jesus. Make your decisions based on what you've heard from the word and in your own spirit. Are you hearing me? Because there are people that are tossing everything else out the window because so-and-so said. Well, Pastor, the Bible says believe his prophets. It does, and we do. We do. But not at the expense of your own leading. Hallelujah. God's good to us.